Hello, and welcome to This Thing Called Life, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories about acts of giving, kindness, compassion, and humanity. Your host, Andy Johnson, will introduce you to powerful stories about organ, eye, and tissue donation from individuals, families, and healthcare teams whose experiences will inspire you and remind you that while life is hard, unpredictable, and imperfect, it's also beautiful. We are so happy you're here. Now, let's join the show. Welcome to This Thing Called Life. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, and I thank you so much for listening. I hope you are doing well, and I hope that the holiday season has been good and rejuvenating for you so far. I want to thank everyone, first off, for their patience. Um, We've had some technical difficulties last month and a half or so, and so we had to pause um, and just take a look at um, our equipment and do some testing, um, and that took us off of our schedule but we are back and better than ever. So again, I want to just thank everyone for their patience and their grace. This is our next episode in our series, The Donation Process from the Lens of the OPO, where we explore step-by-step how the donation process works in all the different departments and people involved within the Organ Procurement Organization or the OPO. So far, we've spoken to Erica Randall of Donation Support Services, which is really where the process begins. We've also talked to Christiane Wilson, a donation coordinator, Jen Mayloff, Family Services Coordinator, Ethan Fuqua, Organ Recovery Recovery Specialist, and then Michelle Myers. She's a tissue recovery tech. And you can find any of those episodes on our website at lifepassiton.org or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Organ, eye, and tissue donation is deeply collaborative. It doesn't happen in a silo or within just the OPO. It truly takes a community, which includes the hospitals and staff where patients pass away, the transplant centers in which transplants occur for patients who are facing death and need a life-saving organ transplant, the OPO who facilitates the recovery, And then sometimes the coroner is involved, depending on the manner of death. And then finally, the funeral home, who works closely with the OPO to ensure that the arrangements for the service are done in a way that is respectful and honors the loved one who was a donor. And here's a quick fact for you. A donor, organ, eye, and tissue can have an open casket burial. The body of a donor is treated with the utmost care and integrity in both processes. So just something to keep in mind. But the very beginning and end of this process is about the person who designated themselves to be a donor or their family who made the decision. This life-saving and life-changing gift begins with yes. So the purpose of our series is twofold. It's to explain more about the OPO's role and functionality so that you know how the gifts of donation come to be and all of the intricacies of this life-saving and healing process. And then secondly, if you're considering a a new career and looking into healthcare, working in this community is an opportunity to help and save lives. And so we want you to learn more about what it is that we do in each aspect of the donation value chain. So my guest today and her department, the Quality Assurance Department, are critical to the donation value chain. They ensure that our OPO is compliant 
in all of our recovery practices, as well as our policies and processes that we use. They also work closely with the regulatory agencies, FDA, AATB, and others to ensure that we are doing everything correctly because there is little room for error in our field. And they do a whole lot of other stuff that really just keeps us moving in the right direction. So with that, please welcome Ms. Sarah Kep to the show. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Andy. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming back again. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I know we've had some tech issues, so we've tried this a number of times, but I feel like I feel like we got it today. Fourth time is a charm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So why don't you start with just telling us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been with Life Center and and just kind of how you've evolved and just grown into the role as QA manager. Sure. I have been with Life Center for 11 years now. I started as a tissue chart reviewer fresh out of nursing school. And that's actually how I got onto Life Center was a staff member came and spoke in my nursing school class and shared their story of donation and what they do here. So then I started stalking the homepage and <laughs> um, applying and got lucky enough to start on. So I did that for about nine years. And then I moved into an organ chart review position and then into supervisor. And now I'm the manager. My goodness. So you said really what led you, because it sounds like you were on a track to be a nurse. I was. Okay. But somehow that it, you went down this path, which I, we're really excited that you did that. I did. I knew after nursing clinicals that I wanted to take my degree um, elsewhere besides bedside. So I had started investigating different roles that I could play with my nursing degree and then, you know, just having someone come in and talk in class, it moved me towards this. I wanted wow. to work for this mission. So wonderful. And yeah. So nine years later, 11, 11, that's right. 11 years. Yeah. Later. Wow. That's quite a career. Yes. So can you talk about the quality department's role as I've, I've referenced before the donation value chain and how quality fits into that? Sure. Our number one goal in quality is that to ensure that our organization remains audit ready, that we are compliant with all of our regulatory bodies and governing bodies. And that's done by ensuring that we're following and keeping up to date on industry updates and process updates and ensuring that all of our policies and procedures are in line with that. Mm-hmm. Also, we have audits scheduled on a yearly basis. So we complete and work closely with auditors that come in and surveyors. So that's from a regulatory standpoint. Mm-hmm. But then we also have a safety standpoint for the organization. Mm-hmm. For instance, I am the safety officer. So if an event occurs, I am interviewing staff members or I'm testing um, different incidences. Like for, you know, we had a mock drill about a winter weather advisory. So we do things like that. We review charts. We are heavily involved in process improvement, Mm -hmm. which is up and coming to ensure that, you know, we are in line with making sure our organization is running as smoothly as we can and up to date with any new changes. Mm -hmm. What I really appreciate about 
you and your your department is it kind of helps challenge us to refine and look at how we do business in each of the departments and really how can we be more efficient how can Correct. you know be of better service and really like staying ready like with the, the disaster drills and mm-hmm. just i mean it really you you all kind of cover all those things that many of us may not be thinking about in our day to day Correct. And I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy quality so much mm-hmm. is because we are such a supportive role for all departments within the organization. And we get to see um, really the impact that everyone in this organization makes on donation mm-hmm. and really get to see all those steps and analyze them and and just assist in a way to help them support their goals and streamlining processes and just making things better. I think it's great. Also, I know when I started at Life Center, quality was a department of two. Yeah. And now you are a department of how many? So eight. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It is. We've grown so much. So yeah, when I first started, I was the third person to come on. So things have changed so much. But I mean, that's just a testament to our mission and donation and just our organization growing and flourishing. So, yeah. And so just, it, you mentioned our mission. So our mission, our mission is to save change and uh, enhance lives through donation while honoring those who gave. What, how do you feel that quality contributes to that mission, to our mission? That's a really great question. Um, I believe that we do it in such a way that um, we're looking out for everyone in the organization to ensure that they are doing the best to their abilities and following all the procedures to cover us so that we can, you know, our doors remain open and that we can continue going out and recovering organs and ensuring they're transplanted and recovering tissue. So, right. I think that's one of the biggest things that we do. I could, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, You know, I think it's so important what you do because your work then allows our recovery teams, both tissue and organ, to do what they do um, and to help more people. And so that's, I mean, bottom line, that's the the goal, that's the goal. for all of us. Yep. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So when you mentioned, you talked about like if there's an incident and mm-hmm. quality gets involved and I guess you're investigating and what would be an example of an incident? Sure. Um, if a staff member falls okay. um, during a recovery or, um, you know, sometimes it happens and it's intended, like if we are rushing a case and things need to get done, if mm-hmm. a non-critical step is missed, we track those things. And also when those things happen, it really allows us to look at the bigger picture mm-hmm. and see if our policies are in line for Mm -hmm. the changes that occur. So it's not something that's looked at as like a punitive, right? If an error occurs, it really is a chance for improvement. It absolutely is. And I know I can say just in the time that you've been here, I've seen quality really be infused to be a part of the life center culture and what we do. 
And I think that's so important because I know at the beginning, it was not viewed that way. It's like, it was like an afterthought almost. And now it is definitely front of mind. I think every department understands why, Mm -hmm. why we have quality and how it truly does improve, improve our work and our practices, which again, that's the, the goal at the end of the day. Well, thanks for saying that, because that's definitely the culture that we want to build and continue to grow. And it really means a lot when other people recognize that quality is everyone's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if this, so we're having this, this talk and someone's thinking, wow, that sounds kind of cool what, what quality does, but they don't have a nursing background. What, what kind of, what backgrounds um, are you looking for in terms of a quality specialist and those different roles? We actually have an array of backgrounds in our department. Um, We do have a majority of um, medical professionals. It is beneficial to have knowledge of medical terminology. Mm -hmm. A lot of the roles, you know, we do look into medical charting and donor charting, but I would say the number one is an attention to detail and to be able to critically think. Mm -hmm. So things are not always black and white. So you really have to look at a full picture and, and be able to ask questions and not, you know, if you're given an answer, not just accept that answer, but ask why. I think why is the question we like to ask most in in quality. Right. So it's not like just a one word response when you're asking why it's going to require people to give you a little bit more so you can really understand the whole picture, right? Mm -hmm. What do you find most challenging in your role? I think the most challenging aspect um, is that we work with all departments here in the organization. And as you know, um, donation is not a Monday through Friday, nine to five kind of gig. So sometimes finding that balance of working with on-call staff and getting information that we need and just recognizing that, you know, our schedules don't link up. And sometimes it can be a a delicate balance of getting needed information outside of our normal working hours. Mm, Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's always been a challenge for those, you know, you have a big group that works this kind of, it's just a very unpredictable schedule. Yeah. And then aligning that with the people who are in the office and more, you know, the traditional hours. And also one of the biggest challenges that we have is that healthcare is ever-changing So keeping track of changes in our policies and procedures and, you know, one change might impact one department, but it also might trickle down to another department and really be able to look at it and see who is this going to affect, what policies um, and individuals need to be contacted Mm -hmm. to update their procedure. So working closely with all departments and seeing what changes need to be made and keeping track of all that can also be really challenging. Mm, you guys stay on top of it. I have to say you have to be super <laughs> organized. 100%. <laughs> I probably wouldn't last two seconds. In the <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there right now, but <laughs> that's why we leave it to the professionals mm-hmm. like you and your dedicated team. But, you know, I think too, this is another opportunity to just highlight 
you know, one of the things that we've heard just in the last several months is, you know, we've been working with CMS and just going through a process of, you know, for our certification and all this, these things that are happening within our field. Sometimes people question just how regulated we are. And I think just in talking with you, it speaks to how heavily regulated we are. And some of the things that we may hear across social media channels or wherever, just, you know, about the donation process and about things that people think happen that are just a illegal um, and don't happen in the United States. It doesn't happen because we have quality departments. We have these regulatory agencies. I mean, there is just such an immense structure in place, you know, both with, you know, in our respective OPOs across the country, but also on a federal level. Oh, absolutely. We have laws and regulations that we have to abide by, you know, in organ recovery, tissue recovery, even quality is regulated with certain tasks that they have to follow up on, you know, interacting with board members. And yes, we are heavily regulated and they come in and we have, we even have outside auditors come in and look at our things prior to regulatory agencies to come in to ensure that we're set up for success. So. Well, I I know just on behalf of the transplant community and donation community, like we just, we appreciate that oversight because it just, you know, for us, I think it just, then it reinforces the fact that, you know, what we do is it's absolutely life-saving and life-changing, but we are also, we take very seriously just making sure we are doing everything the right way and, and are in line with the regulations. And and that, I think, is the wonderful thing. And also just doing that while also balancing the fact, like you said, things are constantly changing in the healthcare space. Oh, yes. And, you know, that brings up a good point that the whole OPO community, um, I've really built some good relationships because having another set of eyes or another interpretation is huge because mm-hmm. I might be interpreting it differently than their organization. And just building those collaborative relationships is huge because we're all going through the same sort of regu- regulatory audits. So, right. I think that's amazing. So is there anything else you'd like to add about quality? Well, November is World Quality Month. And we just celebrated it. So um, I just wanted to give a shout out to everyone for um, participating in our World Quality Month activities and a shout out to the entire quality department and all that they do for the organization. I sent out an attachment and an email in the World Quality Month showing what each staff member does. And I received so many responses. Like I had no idea that that person took care of this or what their role really was. So I was happy to highlight what exactly they do for our organization. Yeah, I think that's great. It's it's a nice just kind of an acknowledgement because, you know, your your group is I feel like they're just they're hunkered down. They're constantly like reviewing and just very focused. And sometimes it just we get caught up in the day to day. And it's like, what really do they do, especially for departments like mine for with community relations that may not touch quality as regularly as the clinical tissue department. So that is just a, a really good education about what it is and, and how 
how you guys keep us on the straight and narrow and doing what we need to be doing. And I also think it's really funny that there's a a (laughs) stigma maybe on quality that we're very rigid. We're like very task oriented. And don't get me wrong. We do take our jobs very seriously, but we are a very vibrant bunch of individuals too. So we enjoy, yeah, we really are. The new COO stopped by and was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's all good. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) you know, you guys are a fun bunch and I have to say like, Halloween every year, like Halloween is a big day at Life Center. We love celebrating it. And every year quality somehow manages to walk away with the win for best costume or most creative. And all I can say is this this year, there was a lot of glitter involved. I'm still finding glitter on the floor throughout the office, but that's okay. It's what you well, we just do. wanted to have it as a reminder. That uh, that we took all that. Y'all are number one. Yeah, (laughs) I I picked up what you guys were putting down. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to work on changing that for Mm. next Halloween party. Okay. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I really appreciate you spending time with us. And you know what? This too is just. I'm excited that we are back. Like we got to do the interview and this was a lot of fun. And I've, I'm actually realizing like I missed, you know, not being able to do this while we were, you know, dealing with our tech challenges. So thank you for being here and thank you for highlighting quality. And again, if people are interested in just exploring more about Life Center and just employment opportunities, I'd encourage you to visit our website at lifepassiton.org. We've got a lot of great information there. And also just look for us on Facebook, um, Life Center OH. So please check us out there. And then as as we close today, there are 105,295 men, women, and children who need life-saving organ transplants today. 21 of those individuals will die because the organ they needed did not become available. So what can you do to help? If you're not registered, I encourage you to seek out the information, inform yourself, seek the truth, do your research to learn what being a donor truly means. Speak with a medical professional or connect with someone who has gone through the experience as either a donor family member, an advocate for someone who was waiting a recipient, or living donor. I mean, that is really how we learn. We learn through the sharing of information and experiences based on facts. You can also register to be a donor at lifepassiton.org. You can learn about being a living kidney donor because the vast majority, almost 90,000 people waiting on that list need kidney transplants. So just these are some things for you to think about. I want to wish you continued wonderful holiday season. And I thank you for listening. Like I said, it's great to be back. And I just encourage you to please be kind to yourself and to others. Thanks so much. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Life Center. Are you interested in saving someone's life by becoming a living donor? You have the potential to help save and enhance the lives of others, those who suffer from chronic illness or the effects of traumatic events. Statistics have shown that a new name is added to the national waiting list every 10 minutes. You have the opportunity to help others and save lives. You have the power to donate life. 
By offering a kidney or a portion of the liver, living donors offer their loved one or friend an alternative to waiting on the National Transplant Waiting List for an organ from a deceased donor. Today, the number of living donors is more than 7,300 per year, and one in four of these donors is not biologically related to the recipient. Go to Life Pass It On for more information. Thanks to Life Center for their continued support. Thank you for listening to This Thing Called Life. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcast to make sure you get updates on all new episodes. And we would truly appreciate it if you would share, like, or give us a review to help us grow.